Welcome to our backyard. This is the Backyard Philosophy Podcast. We are two friends having a discussion after everyone else has passed out or gone to bed. Grab a drink and listen as we discuss everything from automation, space exploration, and why the meaning of life is 42. Tobacco. Addictive. Need to be 18 to purchase. Alcohol. Addictive. Need to be 21 to purchase. Cocaine. Addictive. Illegal. Except in Oregon, you can have small amounts. The social media we're all addicted to and can't keep away from. Ages old enough to type, so maybe five? Probably the most addictive drug, Nick, I would say. And we're going to be talking about social media addiction today. On how it affects pretty much everyone in the entire world. And it's... When researching this, staggering numbers of the addiction and how many t- how many hours our people are spending on it and the influence it has on our own psyche and social life. So first off, Nick, how you doing and what are you drinking? I am doing good, ready to confront my addiction if I have one. I don't know. I, I Every time I use social media, I feel guilty. So that, that's probably an addiction, right? Yeah, a little, little self-loathing, I guess. But uh, I'm drinking some, some dead guy... Ale, beer, what are you drinking, Mike? I am drinking some Burbaloon, which is a Texas bourbon down here in good old Texas. Wait, say that again? Burbaloon. Burbaloon, like bourbon and balloon? Yeah. Okay. It's spelled a little different. There's a couple extra U's and E's in there, but you know me, Nick. I can't pronounce words, so it's close enough for me. Yeah, I don't even know why I asked. Um <laughs> Well, it's going to be interesting, Nick, with me and you talking about social media, considering we are not experts in that field, I would say. Now, uh, I'm a successful uh, social media influencer, Mike. I have close to, shoot, like 200 followers, so come at me, as the kids say. (laughs) That's a mic drop right there. So, in case those who do not know, me and Nick, uh, not very social media people we um yeah that's a that's that's about it we don't really know well i don't know how to really use social media and before we get too far away i want to clarify something so we're gonna be talking about social media addiction we're not going to be talking about video games because i think both me and nick agree that video games are a little bit different than social media addiction that we are seeing now don't get me wrong there are definitely addictions to video games and that's probably a whole nother podcast but we're gonna be focusing more what's on your phone computer rather than your console or your pc if that makes sense yep we're also not talking about youtube per se it's not really a social media yes you can socialize on it but we're mostly focusing on the facebook's the twitter's the instagram the you know the big three I guess maybe the TikTok. I don't really know what that is, and I, I know Mike doesn't really know what that is. Besides, it's it's a Chinese app, and that's that's about it. I know there's a thing called TikTok dance, and that's about my extent of knowledge of TikTok. But before we step away from YouTube, we understand social uh, social media plays a huge part in YouTube. But to us, YouTube was more its own monster, its own beast, rather than the more traditional social media that we all think of in our mind or see on the television, et cetera, et cetera. So we're gonna, like Nick said, we're going to be focusing on kind of like the big three, kind of the more mainstream ones that on your phone that 
are having huge influences on people's lives, both mentally and physically, which is, is very strange to think about. But a little background knowledge, I have 200 less su- subscribers than Nick does because I have zero social media, and I never really hopped on social media. So Nick, since you have the most experience out of both of us, What's your background in social media? I got a Facebook when I was probably, shoot, maybe 16, 17, probably, probably maybe a little bit younger. Can't really remember. Um, and then I got an Instagram, shoot, probably when I was 19 or 20 and probably a Snapchat around the same time. But I'm not a big poster unless I, it's like, a, I probably post like three or four three times a year or something and it's mostly just pictures so that that i'm one of those people but i didn't get in on like uh i never used never had a twitter um because twitter is in fact a dumpster fire so basically this is the blind leading the blind is, is what we're saying yeah that great way to say it blindly the blind but i think it's very interesting nick how you said the age the ages that you got social media which were like 16 19 in your later adolescence and into adulthood not compared to this entire new generation who are getting them at a very young age. And when researching this, I came across a very scary fact. Here in the United States, 53% of all people own a smartphone by the age of 11. Nick, I don't think smartphones even existed when we were 11 years old. Actually, probably the smartphone I use now may have existed back then. My iPhone 5C. No, I, I got my first smartphone when I was 19 maybe 20, a sophomore year of college. Look at me being ahead of you. I think I got it about a year or less than a year before I got my driver's license, so 15. I was rocking a U.S. cellular flip phone until then. So we basically went through puberty and did most of our growing up pre-smartphone, well, not pre-smartphone, but pre-social uh, medias. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't think Facebook quite took off until we were in middle school and it wasn't a monster it is today along with the other ones such as twitter instagram and and tiktok but it is very interesting how evolved it is in today's life and speaking of adolescents and kids like you said nick in the beginning age five kids are being handed a smartphone to play games and watch videos they're navigating it better than the owners of by their parents like they know how to use a smartphone better than their parents and it's having more i think more negative impacts than it does positive impacts yeah it's uh it's definitely one of those things you can see i mean this isn't news to anyone i don't think i don't think anyone's listening to this like holy shit i didn't know social media could be bad it's one of those things we all know it's like that uh that jim gaffigan sketch where he talks about judging the person who eats mcdonald's he's like we all have our own mcdonald's it's like we all have our own shame we're all ashamed of how much we're on social media like i don't think anyone is arguing that and boy are we all on it all across the world in europe the average time spent daily on social media is an hour and 15 minutes and it only gets worse from there in north america it's an average of two hours and six minutes asia two hours and 16 minutes africa three hours and 10 minutes and south america Three hours and 24 minutes. Huh. I wonder why South America is the highest out of all of those. That's surprising to me. I also heard due to COVID, it's more like it's a lot higher now. I don't know when you got those numbers, but. Oh, yeah. That's a 2008 study. So that's that's kind of 
old data now, especially with COVID. Gotcha. But social media, why is it so addicting? Well, it kind of boils down to both a coping mechanism almost and because social media allows for quick and easy dopamine rushes in our brain. Like getting those notifications, those mentions, those tags, those likes, those retweets. The brain literally rewires itself to desire more of that easy dopamine, which is the same way, like according to a study from Harvard, social media lights up the same way, the same parts of our brain that addictive drugs light up. That dopamine kick, that interaction inside of our brain, same parts as cocaine it is for social media, which is a scary, scary thought. Yeah, some people are vastly overpaying for cocaine, apparently. <laughs> I don't know how y'all do it in Oregon, but... <laughs> but it is very interesting to me because social media addiction has different effects on different people. For specifically young girls, it has lots of negative issues, which we'll talk about deeper into the podcast. For boys, it tends to affect a little bit when they're older compared to girls when it was them younger. It also shows more benefits for females than it does for males of so that dual-edged sword, which is social media. And the watch was very surprising to me is your economic means also affects your social media addiction. So a study showed that money does matter with social media addiction. Families that make 35000 or less, their children spend more time on a screen, nearly two hours, than a family that makes $100,000 or more. That's, that's a huge difference. And I was reading... I don't know why I thought that'd be the other way around. So I, when I was reading into this article, there hypothesis which is not tested it was a small it was small number i think it was only like a thousand people they tested this on so small number so data could be fluctuating but it was because the people with more money they were able to put their kids in after school programs like uh music lessons or riding lessons or uh, gymnastics or a certain sport or so they had more outside activities to take up their free time or travel more so they weren't always on social media compared to those families making $35,000 or less. Gotcha. That makes sense. But since we touched on it a little bit, I think we should just jump in right there with, uh, I mean, depression. Because we were talking about how it affects, especially young females, of because the, the social media pretty much boils down to social people use it, use it as a coping mechanism to, re, uh, to relieve, relieve stress, loneliness, depression. They compare themselves, leads to body issues and a big checkmark is, unfortunately, kids. Kids are getting hooked on social media at a young age, and it's leading to all these negative impacts. So, Nick, why don't you start us off with adolescent social media addiction? Okay, so we're, we're going to talk about, like Mike said, the women first. And, uh, you know, it's like jumping off the Titanic, right? Women and children first. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. You beat me to it, goddammit. So girls, everyone knows all, all your younger cousins who are always on social media and you see them and they're always posting and they post a lot and they got to stay up to date on everything. They got to be, basically they want to be little little influencers, little Kardashians and they're just always posting and they're editing all their photos and you'll see these photos, I mean, teenagers, not teenagers, but and teenagers, all the kids, not kids, women, sorry who put these photos out there and say like 
hashtag no filter, but you know, most of us who are not complete idiots can clearly see that there's thousands of filter on that photo. But all these girls are putting all these quote unquote perfect pictures up because everything is supposed to be perfect, right? And then they compare themselves to people whose lives are perfect, just their friends and like uh, other social media quote unquote influencers I get like like the the Jenner family, which is this if I can jump in here, Nick, people of all ages are going through social media and they're seeing people at their best, like Nick said with filters. There's a whole industry of filter apps, filter features. There's it's a million dollar there's millions of dollars every year going into filters alone. But when you're an impressionable teen or kid and you're learning about the world and a huge tool and gateway and door to the outside world is your phone and social media, seeing how other people live. And if they're only seeing the best of these people with perfect hair, perfect eyes, perfect skin, they start to think the same thing. And it can lead to depression because believing it or subconsciously believing it that seeing all these people have better lives than them, they... They start to think that they're the ones only with flaws and no one else is flaw- everyone else is flawless. And no one has blemishes, moles, weird hair plucked or their tan at the beach was a little weird. And having at a young age and not quite understanding how the real world works yet, it's negatively impacting young girls because when they're seeing all these people filtered, all these people at their best, it makes them far, far, far more depressed and at a point where it's at a high for depression uh sorry not depression for suicide especially for young girls it's at a, like an all-time high they can the last 40 years at an all-time high and a big part of that is the social media addiction seeing your favorite celebrity seeing your favorite uh sports player or something like that seeing how perfect they are something they've worked years for or something that some professional photo editor made to put on a cover magazine and you're comparing yourself to that, it's damaging. And it's women are much better social creatures than men. Men, we're, we're brutes, Nick. There's no better way to put it. We're kind of cavemen with clubs. So that's, that's why I meant like double-edged sword is women use social media far more efficiently than men do, at least on average and statistically. But... At a young age, when you're getting it, before you can, or even in high school, before you can even drive, before you can even vote, before your brain's fully formed, and having all this flood of information and self-doubt, it's leading to so many bad things. Along with the suicide and depression, it's leading to body issues, bulimia, uh, eating disorders. It's leading to a whole, whole mess of problems. So along with, this kind of applies to boys and girls, we talked about how everyone's life is perfect on social media. Well, because of that, kids aren't asking for help because they're afraid that asking for help will break the facade of that perfect life that they portray. Everything is supposed to be perfect, and their Instagram, their page, their feed shows that everything is perfect. And so they don't want to break that mirage by asking for help because then everything isn't perfect. When they can see on everyone else's page that everything is perfect for them— they don't see anyone else asking for help because all they see are, you know, the perfect photos and the perfect pictures, perfect angles. I mean, everyone's taken a photo with the group of girls. How many of the girls have posted that first photo? The f- like, just posted that first photo. Just not taking more photos. 
Can, can you take another one? Please? Can you get a little higher? Maybe turn on the flashlight? Yeah, that's... I have never seen a group of girls post that first photo. If you look on my Facebook page, you can see the group's uh, pictures of me and my friends. There's one photo taken, and you can tell. <laughs> um, before we get too far away from it, it's not just... It's not gender-specific, all these issues. It's a huge overlap. We're just starting with one point. I want to make that clear. Because this eating disorders, bulimia, suicide, it's affecting everyone uh, from like ages five to five and above and for everybody. We're just starting with the ones with the biggest numbers that are noticeable, which unfortunately tends to be young women. And it's quite sad, Nick, of... Research has shown that an adolescent who has a habit of using social media from a young age have severely stunted social interaction skills. Like you were saying, of being trying to be that perfect crystal, that perfect painting with no flaws, no blemishes, not realizing, not asking for help. It's, I don't know about you, Nick, but it took me some time to realize how to ask for help. And I can't imagine with social media today how much harder that has to be for a whole generation and generations following. Yeah, especially, I mean, these guys these guys are growing up so fast with social media. Just think about all the things that you can find on there. I mean, it's, you know, we had the internet growing up kind of, not as much, I'd say, but just you can easily go down like a rabbit hole of all sorts of things, but none of those things are, are social interactions. You know, you're not learning how to communicate face-to-face. You might be talking to people, but... For the most part, it's it's likes and shares, and there's not a lot of problem-solving or critical thinking that goes on in social media, which is part of the allure of social media is that it's it doesn't take, you know, it's simple, that it's not a task. It's supposed to be something you can relax and do. Yeah, we went from toxic modern warfare chat rooms to almost like a casino in your hand where they don't tell you the time on the game you're using or social media app that you're using. And you keep going through it, keep getting that kick kick of dopamine, like a slot machine, over and over again. And if people have a gambling addiction, we ask them to get help. And we're getting to the point now, we need to start setting up clinics for social media addiction. Hell, there's already some that already formed and some addiction organizations that are adapting to this new problem. But it is far more common than people think and that easy feed that ai that we learned you should definitely go check out with an episode on ai and social media was involved at backyard philosophy but that ai is supposed to keep you addicted it's like it's literally a drug there's no better way to describe it if it's hitting the same parts of the brain as uh illegal drugs it's gonna have the same addictive quality as gambling and alcohol and sex it's it's a drug it's just a new type of drug that has consume the world now you might think now i hope you all realize that we're all addicted to social media some way or the other and the addiction center has six questions to see if you're at risk of getting addicted to social media now number one being do you spend a lot of time thinking about social media or planning to use social media two being do you feel urges to use social media more and more three do you use social media to forget about personal problems which is a huge influence, which we'll be talking about later in the podcast. Four, do you try to reduce the amount you use of social media without success? Five, do you become restless or troubled if unable to use social media? 
And lastly, six, do you use social media so much that it has a negative impact on your job or studies? If you answered yes to three or more, guess what? You have a social media addiction. And I'm willing to bet that many of you listening says no to many of these questions, and I call bullshit. I think you're so clo- you're playing it so close to the chest you don't realize. From outside looking in, always checking your phone, averaging nearly two hours a day on your phone, going through social media, you are addicted. Hell, Nick, I would say also most people we know are addicted to social media. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, and when researching this, I tried to use social media less and less, and I did, but you don't realize until you try to stop or slow down just how natural it is. Like if you're bored or you're waiting for something, you're sitting in a doctor's office, your phone is in your hand before you know it. Or if you're uh, just, you know, you wake up in the morning, you look at your phone or right before you go to bed. So I stopped doing that, but it's like a, it's like a habit. You just, without even thinking about it, boom, there's your phone. People are now developed. I mean, it's happened to me. I assume it's probably happened to you that phantom vibrate that you feel in your pocket even though your phone didn't go off oh for sure yeah that's addiction that's your brain trying to get more dopamine trying to check for more messages trying to get those likes notification tags that's that's your brain doing it and i don't really have social media really and so those text messages those phones are having the phone calls those are having the same same impact as social media outlets as instagram twitter facebook tiktok which i have no idea why people are using tiktok but you know what this is america you do what you like yeah it's it is super addictive and we might be jumping the gun here but i i definitely consider it a vice oh a hundred percent i i completely agree with that i mean if we want to jump the gun completely i think that's a huge influence on people's addiction is simply using it as a vice or some way to deal with stress loneliness depression boredom let those alone i imagine get most people addicted rather than other features yeah and it, it's a it's a vice that you can drag your friends into just think about it every time you tag your friends or share a post you're bringing those people onto social media so you can't just you can't just quit social media it needs to be like a concerted effort because people are for a while still going to tag you and send you stuff and you either have to ignore your friends or you all have to stop together. Like it's, it's, uh, you're all in it together. It's almost, I mean, we use it to stay together. <laughs> I'm free. <laughs> like Biggie Small says, the first one's free. It, it's, I want people to think about this. It, when you download a new social media app, now granted, take this with a grain of salt because I'm not in that world, but you're not paying for it. The app itself, all, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, all that is free to download. Why is that free to download? Because they make money off your time, your addiction to it. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm not saying it's a good thing. Social media is definitely a dual-edged sword, but I think for most things, people don't know how to handle it. And if it's the first one's free, where you, like Nick said, you're inviting your friends to get hooked on this new drug, because it is a drug, and it's free to use so you have the user, which is only used in media and drug affiliation, which is very telling on media. And you're trying to get that next kick of dopamine, that next fix, that next to scratch that itch you've been having like a, like a crack addict. I, there's no better way to say it. 
that's that's an addiction and it's affecting it's affecting young women all the way to seniors now nick yeah that's you know facebook's not just for kids anymore after what was it uh, i feel like say 20 2010 i feel like that's when it was pretty common for parents to come on social media and and now a lot of grandparents are getting on social medias to keep up see what the grandkids are doing and their their children and it it it's not just for you know kids anymore so everything that you're posting everyone can see and everyone who's on it you know may or may not understand the depths that social media does to keep you on it keep you there keep you entertained keep you scrolling to add on to that you know it's very interesting the most heaviest users are people like from ages like 40 to like 65 that's the new target audience for addictions it's the older crowd are parent generations gen x right or is it gen z isn't gen z below millennial or gen z is younger than millennials so be oh wait is gen z younger which one's older what's it which, uh, gen x right then i guess we had baby boomers then what then millennials what's in between millennials and baby boomers i thought that was x okay gen x is now the new target audience for social media drug they're the ones getting it's getting kids hooked on a young age and getting older crowd that has money addicted on it so when you have money you can buy like we mentioned earlier those filter apps you can buy extra features you can buy followers you can try to become an influencer because oh that's a whole topic point that i forgot to research nick it's just influencers looking up to your idol i mean how many how many people wanted to be professional athletes growing up watching their favorite sports player playing now imagine watching your favorite gamer or influencer or makeup artist or uh craftsman on social media and going i want to be an influencer like them that's a huge market for that social media drug market. Yeah. Now, to be fair, the highest paid athlete is now a professional gamer. So there's that. That I did not know. I, boy, I am quite out of the loop. It's it's a it's a Korean some it's some Korean like tournament he won for like the millions of dollars. But yeah, so people aren't following. I mean, people are still following the big names. Like you're always gonna have like the rock but everyone's splintered off in their groups because everything is so personalized now you get exactly what you want so now uh quote-unquote micro influencers are pretty big and we probably all know a few we we probably follow a few people that no one else follows and we really get enjoyment out of them i spend a lot of time in uh like the fishing community of the internet so i follow a few people there and these aren't people who have a huge influence but they have good influence over a certain niche of people and these are the people that younger generation wants to be a lot is it 86 percent of gen z said they wanted to be influencers when they grew up basically they just asked them do you want to make money for posting on social media and they said yes which i don't know if that's a good or a bad job it seems pretty easy but i guess you have to be on social media all day i i don't want to belittle those influencers because there are a lot of them that work really hard and i imagine it's much easier said than done but it's still so disturbing how it's affecting people bringing it back to younger age groups we touched on uh young women i want to touch on young men a little bit on that subject of 
body influence because it's not just it's affecting young women at a earlier age but it's also heavily affecting men now there's always been a stereotype where men don't care about their age belts and stuff like that which is at least from some part at least on my behalf i can't speak on everyone's behalf it's kind of true of men are kind of disgusting and we know it and we don't really care but over time was i have what we call in the biz a marriage belly no comment but anyhow uh uh so a huge part now is cosmetics for men it's a huge growing industry that's uh affecting the world and a lot of money is being made in there but it's affecting sexes at different ages so it starts early for young women unfortunately and when uh, this is again just some numbers this does not fit all but it does affect men at a little bit later age mainly 16 to 20 i believe was it or 16 to 22 where they start caring more which can lead to loneliness and it's almost like a vicious cycle of realizing they don't have that six-pack abs they don't look like chris hemsworth as they people follow all day long and uh they they keep seeing all these social media gods and goddesses and realizing it's not them even though subconsciously or consciously they know that's not the real them and it leads to loneliness so that loneliness but they have to deal with it somehow and rather doing it in a healthy way they turn to their addiction to social media which then repeats that entire cycle loneliness feeds into the social media addiction because it makes you feel part of a community like those micro influencers nick was talking about where you feel like you're part of a community and part of a niche which you are but it's a dual-edged sword if you're not careful you get addicted alcohol if you can handle it responsibly drink with some friends have some some pizza go to a bonfire you're not addicted to it. But if you're drinking every single night to deal with some personal issues, to deal with loneliness, that's an addiction. It's the same thing with social media. And unfortunately, more and more people are getting addicted to social media. Yeah. And so with most other addictions, the addiction is there kind of in place of some other problem. But it seems like social media addiction is just an addiction that happens to everyone, whether it be I don't know if we all have an underlying problem that social media is just happens to be there and is covering up, but it, it seems like it's just something we all have. But I don't know if you came across this much, Mike, but I was going to talk about cyberbullying. Um, I didn't research that, that much on cyberbullying, but I'm very interested to talk about it. So why don't you take a lead? Okay, so I was always kind of curious. I mean, cyberbullying was coming up when we were in high school, so we got the bullshit presentation about cyberbullying on some PowerPoint in PE class or something. Where they... Wait, Nick, you're telling me you don't like learning about cyberbullying from teachers when we were growing up who didn't know how to use the internet? It'd basically be the equivalent of learning about the internet from our congressman who asked Mark Zuckerberg, wait, so how does Facebook make money? Anyway... So, yes, that's where I learned about cyberbullying, but I never, maybe I just wasn't on social media enough, never really saw cyberbullying, but it's a, it's a very real thing, and to me, I always thought, okay, like, there's always been bullying, so what is the deal with cyberbullying? Well, for these kids growing up now, just kind of think about it. They're always on their phone, right? So they're on their phone at school. They're on their phone on the bus. They're on their phone after school. Essentially, their entire life is on the phone, right? The virtual world. If you're Ralphie getting picked on, when you go home, you're not getting bullied. You had a, a break. But with cyberbullying, it's like it never stops. It's like you're constantly being bullied. And it's not just, I think that's perfect saying you don't have a safe space, but 
it's not just getting bullied by one person now. It's say you every you someone posted online for everyone to see of Nick, you got that uh, marriage belt you're talking about. Now everyone else sees that and jumps in on it, so it amplifies it. And being singled out by a, one or two bullies is bad enough, but being singled out by everyone you know, everyone connected, or just people not stepping up or saying something or people adding on to it, it's terrible for the psyche, and it's its just damaging. Yeah, and like we talked about with the perfection, people are very hesitant to ask for help either they don't know how or they don't want to because they're going to break that facade but especially for cyberbullying which you know people will say well why don't you just turn off your social media because these kids can't because it's their entire social life is determined by social media it's not like when we went to high school and some kids could just not have social media and it wasn't a big deal you miss out on all the stuff, it's, you, you have to have social media to be a part of it. Just like if you're a business in today's day and age, you have to have social media. Yeah, I want to talk about FOMO in a, in a bit, but I think also a huge point of it is so much technology is integrated into day-to-day life, especially for kids now. When we were going to school, Nick, I imagine, like, for you, I don't know if it was for you, but most of my homework was paper, like pen and paper. Like, maybe occasionally for English class or something like that, I would have to type out a paper on word but i wasn't you know talking with groups on social media of how we're gonna do this presentation wasn't doing math homework online and all of a sudden see a notification on my computer someone just uh retweeted something i said i don't know how technology i don't know how social media works so you don't they're it's so ingrained in their culture they can't avoid it it's it's kind of like the cards stacked against them it's a bit unfair to be honest with you exactly it's you're damned if you do damned if you don't if you if you do use social media, you, you're addicted, you feel the negative effects of seeing all these people whose lives are perfect. And if you don't do it, well, you're that weird kid. <laughs> me. <laughs> Trust me. You, I, I've been called weird and freak many times in my life simply because I don't use social media. So it's something interesting. But luckily, Nick, I think we lucked out of when we went to school such because I do not... I do not admire anyone going to school with social media how it is nowadays. No, for sure. I think we, we lucked out. I mean, I think our parents really lucked out. Back in the day, when you get away with all the fun shit. <laughs> I don't know. Those cocaine laws in Oregon. That's true. At least, you know what? I may not be able to... There's ridiculous rules in Oregon. We're not going to go over that. But at least I can do cocaine or possess it and use it responsibly not that you would because you're a good christian boy bobby boucher you are a good christian boy but anyhow uh i want to stick on teens a little bit because this is a this is a serious subject uh a big part of the social media addiction that we aren't really seeing in the public light is the loss of sleep in teens teens are losing sleep both sexes male and female because you lose track. It's like a casino. You lose track of time. There's no daytime. There's no clocks. You're glued to your screen. And that leads to a whole problem. So next thing you know, oh, it's 8 p.m. Oh, I should put my phone down and go to bed. Next thing you know, it's 2 in the morning and you got to wake up in a few hours to go to school. And it's happening over and over again. And science has proven over and over again, especially for adolescents when their brain's still developing. A lack of sleep 
will lead to lots of problems. But more importantly, if you're a learning teen, you will have a harder time getting a better education because your brain's not fully functioning. You have a harder time uh, retaining memory. There's a whole, whole list of bad things that go along with poor sleep. And social media, that addiction is helping lead teens to lose more sleep. You know, I saw that. I didn't really look into it, but yeah, that's a that's a great point, especially when you know when you're a teenager, sleep is so important as you're developing. You know, if you a lack of sleep at that time frame is just not good. Like I know this isn't exactly on point on topic, but a lot of schools are looking at pushing like the start time back just because of how bad it is for teens being woken up early and not getting a full night's sleep on their development. I have not heard about that, but I'm kind of for it that it's we kind of need to reamp our school system but that's a whole other topic sticking sticking with teens and sleep i don't have the exact numbers in front of me i uh, our sources are always in our description on youtube but the number of teens of when they're going to bed the average time going to bed is being pushed later and later and later throughout the throughout the night because of social media because they're laying in their bed they're talking with their friends they're scrolling through mindlessly like a zombie like getting that that fix uh, I keep making jokes about it being like heroin and crack, but it, it is. Like trying to get that fixed, trying to scratch that itch. And next thing you know, time is completely gone. There's a whole studies just done on loss of time. Uh, time dialysis, I believe it's what it's called. It's when you, we've all, we've all felt it one way or another. When you're doing something and you realize the time just passed it, it way too quickly. But with social media, because we're getting those quick little easy dopamine it's much easier to happen and trick your brain, have time pass. So you're like, okay, I'm just going to go on Instagram and look at cars for an hour. Next thing you know, it's three hours. And you're like, what What happened? Your brain gets tricked and tries to get that more easy dopamine. And the social media has been modified to make that drug far more addicted. And now you're losing time. You're losing sleep. You're getting body issues, eating dysmorphia, depression, your more loneliness that feeds into itself, it just keeps stacking onto it. In 2020, the World Health Organization estimated for an average person who will live to about the age of 72, that's like the average kind of age that comes up, they will spend six years and eight months on social media in their lifetime. And that's if the usage doesn't keep increasing like it has year after year after year. So in 2012 in America, I think it was less than an hour. And now we're above two hours. If we're on a current trend of every decade increasing an hour, that's six years and eight months. That's We might surpass, if we keep going on this trend, within 50 years, having more time spent on social media than sleep. That's dumbfounding to me. And it's, it's just so easy to do social media. Like Nick said earlier, when you're at the doctor's office, you're waiting in line at the grocery store just to grab your phone and do it real quick. Well, that matters because you're, you're training your brain to get that fix, to get that, that take that extra cigarette and put it in your mouth. It's that same thing. It's that quick little fix, that quick little hit that hits off that drug and it deepens the addiction and it keeps going and it just keeps diving in. Apologies, Nick, if I, I've said a lot, but it's, it all ties in together so deeply of all the parts of social media addiction. No, and uh, I know... A lot of people probably know this, but I I do, while we're on the topic, want to talk briefly about like the algorithm that keeps you there just because it's kind of, to me, I feel like when you know the magic trick, 
you know, it's not as addicting anymore. Like, you know what's going on. You can recognize it. I don't know. Well, you don't have social media. So, but you, do you understand what I'm saying? Well, I understand how the algorithms work, but I've also watched interviews of people who've created those algorithms and still fall for it. They are very well made to get you addicted and keep you on. It's quite hard to break. And I guess it's not really the social media I would classify as, but media, uh, email. I'm a kind of addicted to email. I have to go through emails constantly, and I have to constantly check my phone. So it's nice. Like I, I'm lucky where I developed the ha- habit very early to break addiction from ever forming was no technology in the bedroom. And when I'm working, a phone has to be away, an ar- more than an arm's length away. And I think that's very important for people to realize that you are glued to it. Your phone's always in your pocket, always in your purse, always on your desk, always on, on your bed, always right next to you. That it's a never ending supply of drug that all you have to do is plug into the wall to get more energy into it. And you can spend days and hours and if you keep going years of your life on it, you feel naked without it. Yes. I mean, I'm guilty of it. Of how, how many times have you forgotten your phone at home or in the car or something like that? And you do like that quick pack down in your pockets, realize it's not there, and you kind of panic a little bit. And it takes maybe an hour or two to get comfortable without having it. It's Well, first off, if my wife is asking, I never forget my phone. But also, yes, I have. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, Nick. Your, uh, your, your secret's safe with me and the one or two listeners we have all right so keep your mouth shut guys (laughs) she's on to me but i want to bring it back a little bit to something you said nick about their entire lives being dedicated to it or around it that fear of missing out fomo fear of missing out i mean i'm guilty of fomo i get jealous i'm human of when i don't get invited to a party or i don't get to do something or Someone, someone in your friend group goes to a nice restaurant and they don't invite you. And with social media, that's amplified. Yeah, I mean, to me, my, my biggest, like, I didn't quite understand how ingrained social media was to the generation below me, which is makes me feel old as shit saying the generation below me. <laughs> <laughs> but like, my our generation, like, it's not uncommon for people not to have social media. And if you can completely function in society without it at our age. I know uh, maybe I work in a an older industry, but in the timber industry, it's uh, say probably only about half of us have social media. And I have social media, but it's almost m- more common to not have social media than to have social media. That is not definitely not the case, which is why it was weird to me that so much of their lives revolved around it because it's just not something that plays a huge part in in my life or when we were growing up even it was kind of there but it wasn't and maybe it's because i wasn't uh hip with the use and in on all the cool shit but it wasn't you didn't have to have it to be cool or be friends with so-and-so or whatever like it was just kind of like maybe someone said something funny someone put some pictures you know but, but it also it it did have an effect in your lives i mean i'm sure you've heard this term like is it facebook official oh i remember that yeah, you, you weren't really dating someone until it was Facebook official. All right, so two two points. One being, I kind of disagree with our generation not okay having social media because the amount of times I like ask someone for their number or information or something like that, they go, oh, I'll just add you. 
I'm like, no, I, I, I don't have social media. Can I have your phone number? I'll just call you. And I get the weirdest looks like I'm an alien. And it's, it's almost like taboo not to have social media. And it's quite frightening to me. But it's very interesting we pick on Facebook. Cause, but I remember the first time I ever saw the addiction of social media. It had to be I was 7th grade at a sleepover at a friend's house. There was about four or five of us. And usually at a sleepover is Nick. I don't know about you, but growing up, it was like flashlight tag, go like, like go run outside, play some football, eat some pizza, watch some bad movies. If we're lucky, someone's older brother got a copy of Jackass so we can watch that. That's a, that's a weird way to say Super Smash Brothers, Mike, but go on. Okay, we, we yeah, but yeah, Super Smash Brothers was huge, Mario Kart, all that stuff. But I remember that one sleepover, and everyone was around the computer on Facebook because they were just mentioning someone on Facebook. And I remember sitting on the edge of the bed in the back away from the computer screen. I think like I was either holding a football or I was holding a soccer ball or something. And I was so confused on why we aren't playing when all of us are here and said everyone's focusing around the screen. I didn't realize at the time, but that was the first time I ever saw the addiction of social media. And it's that's granted at that time it was something new, something fresh. We were young, exploring, yada yada yada. But that was ingraining that addiction. And now with these current generations, oh god, Nick, I hate saying younger and current generations, but they don't have a, they don't even have a chance. Like there was a chance we didn't have social media growing up. They don't have it the chance. They have to kind of have it. It's almost a requirement to go on Facebook to sign up to participate in an after school activity, see what times the running club is, see what times something's posted for a science fair, whatever. You have to go on social media and it's it's really not giving kids a fair chance. Yeah, I mean that's that's the thing about social media is it unlike other vices, you you need to do it. You need to comply. You need to be a part of it for the most part to be in today's society. Like I would never have to ask you for your to add me on social media because where I live, it's more common to call people. But it's like peer pressure to crank to ten with social media nowadays. It's it, as bad as it sounds, but I kind of miss the days of growing up when the phone was something attached to the wall, not in your pocket. Yeah, but my point is, social media is not going anywhere. So this isn't a vice where it's not cocaine. You can't say it's illegal. I mean, it's not illegal for me, but... <laughs> Nick, I, you're leaving a bad influence on your name. Um, but it's in like alcohol and tobacco, you have to be over a certain age. I just don't see that happening. I mean, if you don't, if you smoke or don't smoke, it doesn't have that big of an effect on your professional life. If you drink or don't drink, no one really cares. But if you're not on social media... You know, it's it may or may not cost you professionally. You know, businesses have to be on social media. Everyone needs to create a brand or whatever you want to call it. But this isn't. Uh, it's not. It is a vice. I think it's definitely a vice. It's it's different from alcohol. It's different from tobacco, drugs. Yeah, I I completely agree. If if we can pivot a little bit, I'd like to talk about the adult aspect because I think it's perfect. Like you said, with business. So if you go to a business meeting. Like, say, say you go to a business dinner and you don't have alcohol, you just go, oh, no, I don't drink. That's, that's normal. But say you're a person trying to get clients 
and, you, and the client asks you, oh, what's your social media? I'll add you. Oh, I don't have it. They're going to think you're a weirdo and you probably lose that client. It's almost a necessary thing to have for many industries. Actually, it isn't necessary to have for many industries to have a social media account of some sort. It's just to keep track of everyone, keep track of, uh, keep people updated, say, hey, especially I, what comes to mind is musicians. Like, musicians have to post when they're recording music, when they're going on concerts, when they're touring, what are the times, et cetera, et cetera. Without social media, the chances of your band blowing up greatly diminished. Now, granted, it has helped successfully launch lots of musicians into the forefront, which I'm very happy for. I love music and very pro music, so that's a good thing, but you don't have that choice anymore. You, that car salesman who has to take pictures of his car and post it onto their, his website is kind of gone now and switched to Instagram. Like, hey, follow us at so-and-so, so that way you can keep track of all our special deals, all our special updates. It's a necessary, it's a necessity for many industries. And like Nick said, it doesn't really, it, it, alcohol, tobacco, weed, cocaine, mushrooms, whatever drug you want to talk about, there's people, tons of people use it who are addicted to it that doesn't influence their job or their professional life or their personal life. And social media blends all that together. It's like Bob Ross making a new color called addiction for everyone. Yeah, so I just want to piggyback a little bit on what Mike was saying. So for me in the forest products industry, we, not a lot of us have social media, but because we are losing a PR battle, uh, our employer, not employer, but like our spokesperson or who we give money to to get our cause out there, they expect us and put on classes about how we need to post about our jobs and get people and help them understand about our industry and all this stuff. And it's like, personally, when I'm off work, I'm off work. You know, I, I mean, that's being said, I'm on call all the time, but I don't think my employer can tell me what I can and can't do or what I need to do on social media. But why, why do I feel like that class was, I don't know why, I know this isn't true, but in my mind, a lumberjack with an axe was trying to use a smartphone to post something. That was what was in my mind when you said that. I'll, I'll uh, paint this scene because I think everyone will find this pretty entertaining. There's a room, everyone's sitting around a table. This is pre-COVID times, guys. Don't worry, don't freak out. Everyone's sitting around tables. There's like eight, eight person tables, you know, in the room. Everyone, all of them full. It's the forest products industry, so let's be honest. There's fucking, I don't know, how many guys, how, however many, eight times eight, 64. So there's 61 men and three women. So Alaska, pretty much, in a table form. Essentially, sitting around, and there's two women giving the presentation about how to act on social media. So the first thing they do is say, all right, who has a social media? 32 people raise their hand. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was like, oh, that's got to be an awkward moment. And then... Half the men look over and say, wait, does it count if your wife has one? <laughs> yeah. And then... <laughs> oh, it sounds like I I might have to join you out there, Nick. I might have to get lost into the woods. And then they try it. And then they tell us about how we need to present our brand and build ourselves, make ourselves someone people would trust and then try and influence people. And it, it's a... I don't know. I don't think anyone's mind's ever been changed on social media. So it's not a, I don't think it's that. I mean, I understand the sediment, but yeah, it, it's whatever. Well, I, 
I find that hilarious, Nick. I wish I would love to see a video of that, but I kind of disagree with it hasn't changed people's opinions social media. I think that's like we mentioned earlier with with adolescent teens and and young men and women as kids, they are heavily influenced on social media. It unfortunately when your brain isn't that developed or let's be honest, there are adults who are just sheep and they just kind of follow the masses. Social media, I mean, that's easy pickings. If I'm a drug dealer, I'm not going to choose, you know, a family man, blue collar to sell heroin to. I'm going to choose, say, I don't know, some drunk at a bar who's down on his luck. And hey, if you want to feel good for a little bit, that's, I mean, that's what social media is. Yeah, you want to get high? But that's what social media is targeting. It's targeting people that I want to say not social media, but social media addiction is affecting people who have depression already or have some symptoms or feel loneliness or uh, are impressional teens. I God, that feels so weird. I feel so old saying that, but it's true. When you're young, you're impressional. It's it one moment can feel like the end of your life. And when you see your favorite actress or some model do something and you try to mom mimic it and you fuck up and everyone makes fun of you for it, that's devastating. I don't care what generation you are but if you try something and all your peers and all your fellow friends make fun of you for it it still hurts i don't care who you are i don't care what galaxy you're from that has gotta hurt but sticking with adults a little bit uh a topic point which i don't think was researched enough and i'm very curious about is narcissism i imagine social media and social media addiction has to lead to an increase of narcissism would you concur or disagree with that, Nick? Yes, I would say I agree with that for the most part. I... I'm not saying big numbers. I'm just saying the use of social media in some people has increased narcissism. Yeah, I mean, that's. I feel like there's probably no way to dispute that. I mean, I don't think anyone could. I think that's, yeah, I'd say that's almost a given. And I had a hard time researching, finding any numbers on this. But I imagine if as an adult, because we're talking about how social media bullying at school and you go home and you can't avoid it for social media i imagine that's the same with narcissism where you get that feedback loop where you're in it again and again and again and you keep seeing like people who are agreeing with you on social media keep feeding into that addiction of i don't know it could be a dangerous path you might be uh, talking about how listening to some person who's advocating for physical violence on people and you keep getting that feedback loop and you keep listening to that person heroize doing bad things to people and you then you start feeling more like yeah he's right or yeah she's right and it starts reading in you get start getting that more ego or you start getting more likes and followers start feeding into that ego and that then that's going to come home to your personal life and that's going to affect your immediate family and friends and then it could destroy your relationships and then once you destroy your relationships it can it's gonna make you lonely it's gonna make you depressed and you're gonna go back to social media it's gonna keep that addiction going again and again and again and to add on to that i don't want to throw names and people under the bus so let's say a person named dan now dan is on tiktok or instagram or i don't know well twitter and he's in a long term only fans oh yeah sure let's go with only fans that's that's a whole other conversation point uh, you can you can explain that one, Nick, uh, to the audience. What OnlyFans is in a second. I want to hear how you get out of that one. But you're in a long term relationship, and rather than you know 
snuggle up and watch a movie together or do a puzzle together or maybe go out dancing or take a cooking class together. You're laying in bed on your phone doing social media. That's got to negatively impact your relationship, right? That spending more time on on social media. Because if you're addicted to booze or or crack or or some drug, that negatively affects your, your relationships because you're always trying to get that fixed. You're always trying to focus on getting that what's that next notification, what's that next like, what's that, where's that next eight ball, next gram coming from? It's the same thing. So I imagine it's got to be the same effect on relationships of feeling neglect, distancing your family, making bad choices for your relationships and close ones. And I, I can't see how to get out of that. But before I hear your opinion on that, Nick, I want, Nick, can you uh, explain what OnlyFans is to the audience? Okay, so OnlyFans (laughs) is a website where you can see things and the people you see things from, you have to pay them to see those things. So mostly this includes pictures of naked women and you follow certain people and you pay them a certain amount of money and they will send you certain images that are predominantly naked. And there's random people on there who send like, cat pictures or whatever but for the most part it's pretty much just like paying for porn damn you got out of that i was that was a very pg answer i was hoping to corny with that but bravo bravo yep um so back to your question i actually did run into this mike about just a specific part of this so before social medias uh what would couples do before they went to bed read talk cuddle Maybe watch a movie. Married couples, keep in mind. We don't want to... Um, this is a PG show. Well, it's not a PG show. But for the most part, couples laying together in bed would, like Mike said, talk to each other, read. But there'd be some kind of communication going on. A lot of times now, couples will get into bed and they'll sleep. Or they'll get into bed butt to butt, as we call it in our household. <laughs> and one gets on OnlyFans and the other gets on Instagram. <laughs> and one of us will read (laughs) and as we all know from the birth order podcast younger siblings are much less likely to read anyway um but that leads to a decline in communication which is uh exactly what you don't want in a relationship i don't think you want that in anything communication talking is knowing is half the battle the other half is violence (laughs) uh hey any any problem can be solved with the proper amount of explosives Yeah, but it also, before not just the lack of communication, it also leads to less physical touching, which is important in a relationship to, you know, feel close to someone. When you just get into bed and turn away, you're not building up that that trust in each other, which is something that we're, I'm, now that I know that that's like a thing, I was like, oh shit, better not do that. Yeah, I was surprised on that feedback loop of social media addiction of isolating yourself. You're want you wanting to feel more connected with other people, groups, microcultures, et cetera, et cetera. But in indulging into that addictive behavior of social media, it actually furthers you down the rabbit hole and actually away from physical touch and physical interactions. And like I mentioned earlier, with people who spend more time on social media at a young age, have a harder time with social interactions, that's also amplifying the effects that social media is having on loneliness because think about it if you're feeling lonely and you get on social media 
you're separating yourself farther and farther from your friend group, your family, et cetera, et cetera. And now because you're doing this at a young age, your skills are worse. So that few times that you are broken away from your social media addiction, you lack the social interactions, the cues, the reading the room to have a good relationship in the real world. So because you have a worse time in the real world, you go back to social media and it keeps going farther and farther down the rabbit hole. It's amazing. It, it's uh, it's like a social media is like a sinking ship where if you use it in little, it's, you use it in moderations, it's fine. But for most, I would say majority of the people who use social media, they're addicted to it. There's From all the evidence, it's there's no evidence about ends or about it. But it's like a sinking ship where, not sorry, yeah, it's like a sinking ship. The harder you struggle, the deeper you fall in, like like quicksand, like a sinking ship, creating that vacuum, to suck, that water to suck you down. It's a terrible situation, and I don't see how to break away from it. Yeah, I, I don't know if you ran across this, Mike. I did find this interesting, and, not, and I'm not saying that this makes up for the bad parts of social media, but Gen Z, and I looked it up, Gen X is the generation above us that it's about ages 40 to 55 right now, that's Gen X. But Gen Z, below us millennials, they, because of social media, are, I forget exactly what percentage, but are way better at picking up uh, body language than us or generations above us because of social media, because of uh, shit like TikTok. That seems weird to me. And, well, all they do all day is watch people in little short videos and body language is one of the key parts in that so supposedly it helps them understand body language better i mm, i'd be very curious i'll have to read that information where you found that because i i disagree with that statement i it makes sense but yet for some reason instance my instinct is saying no i i have no evidence to support it but i'll have to read your that source nick i am very intrigued yep Anyway, um, but yeah, so I think we can, not that we've disagreed so far, but I think we can agree that social media is sort of a vice, sort of bad, but it's not one that we can just stop. I mean, it is. We could just stop. Like, no one's gun to your head forcing you to be on social media. But you're the weirdo who doesn't have social media. It makes it socially harder. It's It makes it that vice that hinders people which is the social media addiction is also an open doorway for many features and if you don't have it it closes that door for you but this is that's just speaking from the person on the other side of the fence who doesn't have it i can atone and test for that but nick i think we've talked about a lot of depressing issues on social media i let's let's talk about possible solutions unless you have some more to add on to it nope uh let's uh I mean, there's stuff we could probably talk about, but uh, let's... No, let's talk about it then. Uh, m- mainly, I guess my, my biggest thing that I read about it is just... Um, How much money you're making on OnlyFans, Nick? If I was making a lot of money on OnlyFans, you wouldn't see me doing this podcast. <laughs> it's not negative, but I, I guess it's more moving in the positives that there are things that... I don't know if it's, I guess, similar to alcohol and drugs. Like, there are positives to it. Like, alcohol can bring people closer together. And ambitions. Yeah, you don't have art without drugs. Can I get that on a t-shirt? You can't have art without drugs. That's a a great little funny slogan there, Nick. I'll say that. 
but there's pros and cons to it. Like, just think about, I mean, Mike, you went to college. Think about how many charities. Yeah, think about how many charities. Just, you know, there's, the, this, this is my favorite. One of the things I ran across is one of the biggest pros people give social media is the networking. And then their next sentence will be, don't add anyone you don't know on social media. It's like, okay, so either you're lying or you're you're saying do as I say and not as I do. But yes, like, you know, you get in, you can find all these crazy people like, you know, the world is a big place and maybe not as many people are interested in it. Like, like I said, I follow a lot of fishing pages and fishing, quote unquote, influencers. And uh, I learn a lot through social media, like mostly different tech fishing techniques and stuff but is, that is learning and uh people can find friends like you know maybe you're don't have a lot of friends but you have a lot of friends online like this isn't just like anything we talk about it's not all good and it's not all bad maybe there's a lot more negatives and there are positives but that's what makes this such a complicated topic is because there are these positives yeah no i i agree there's a difference between networking and stalking there's a difference between escapism and learning. There's a difference between loneliness and connecting. And it's a very delicate balance. And I, But unfortunately, I would say 75%, I, this is just random numbers around there. So I would say 75% of people are negatively addicted to social media. They're not learning blacksmithing classes. They're not learning how to code. They're not learning how to paint. They're not reaching a new group like someone might like a certain musician find a certain group and you know jam with them maybe i i'd be curious to see how many bands have started because of social media there are tons of good things about social media but the addiction to it is that turning point of when it becomes negative and negatively affects your life and those around you like any addiction it doesn't just affect you it affects everyone around you as well like we've mentioned earlier it's leading to higher suicide rate higher depression more loneliness, more feedback loop, more body issues, more body dysmorphia for everyone. Yeah, and I just thought of something. So let me know if this is getting way off topic. Um, have you ever heard the phrase zero moment of truth? No, I have not. Okay, so we use this phrase um, in when talking about timber industry and the social media as the reason why people are against it. There's zero moment of truth. So what it is is say we have say you're friends with someone on social media and let's say their name is tom and they share something on social media that says uh deforestation is happening across the united states blame the timber industry blah 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 global warming and you you like tom right this may be a loaded question well well we'll just say yes for the sake of argument so because you and tom are friends you say well if Tom shared this article, it's probably true, so I'm gonna believe him. And this happens a lot. Ah, it's like it's like almost like a observing bias. Yeah, almost. Where so you never and you and then because Tom shared it and you like Tom so much, you go and you share this article because Tom's such a great guy, you trust him, so you share this article. So now you share this article, which you may or may not have read. So now someone who likes you sees that and like, well. Mike's a great guy. I our values align. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. Mike is a guy. <laughs> our values align, and then you share it. And I, I didn't really research it. I just kind of thought about it now. But 
How much has social media dumbed down our thinking to think like people we like because we trust them for certain other reasons? It's that is very curious. It almost like a that's a psyche connection that I believe goes beyond the boundaries of social media of monkey see monkey do. You want to mimic successfulness. And if you see an influencer who has say the fancy new car, it might be real or might not be real. In case you didn't know, Nick, when researching this, I didn't know this was a thing. You can rent a fake jet room. So it looks like you're flying on a jet for influencers. If they, you can, if you, they see if millions of people see that person on a jet, you want to do that. So that person, I don't know, promotes some shoe or says, hey, check out this article. I can't believe this is happening. Because you like them and you want to be with them, you want to have their success, you want to look like them, you repost that. And like you said, it just keeps continuing, continuing, continuing. And you lose your own identity trying to become someone else. You can't be... There's only one Nick. You can't have another Nick. There's only one Mike. You can't have the other Mike. It's much like Highlander. (laughs) There can only be one. But it's true. You can only be the best you. And... I think it's very beneficial to try to get attributes from people you look up to. Um, big one for me is David Goggins, his don't quit, let's go, who's going to carry the boats. That's huge for me. I don't want to be him, but I'd like to have that attribute from him. And I think social media can help accomplish that. But when you go too far down the rabbit hole and it becomes an addiction, you're, like I said, mentioned, it's going from networking to stalking. And... I, that's something, Nick, I'd be very curious to talk about is stalking in a bit after you finish your point here. Exactly, Mike. And it's I feel like all this is leading to people trying to be something or not. And it's essentially robbing them of that individuality of that there can be only one. Everyone's trying to be that popular person. And it seems like it can happen to anyone. I mean, you'll see celebrities share stuff and then walk back and say oh well so-and-so shared it i i i just you know thought that they were whatever and it's like you know it everyone gets wrapped up in this from time to time it's something that happens it's because we trust these people when really i mean in any other scenario you wouldn't trust this person like i would never trust this random person i don't know and then portray their ideas as my own unless it was on social media i would never go up to someone in a bar and say hey i think Mike shared this article. You should read it. What the? F- well, I mean, if I share an article, you might want to read it. No, I I agree with you. It seems like the hardest time for the hardest thing a person can do during this time is be an individual. It's hard to be yourself. Always wanting to be part of a group, part of a niche. Always wanting to to mimic success. Now, there's nothing wrong with trying to mimic success, but it's to the point now where you're losing your own identity. You're losing, the social media addiction is making you completely a consumer, completely a blank mold that is made by people on the internet, which is a scary premise, and I'm surprised that's not like a sci-fi horror movie already. It's, it, the social media addiction roots run deep, and it's scary when it's, when it's one or two individuals, it's one thing, but now it's affecting the entire world, and we're losing people that with that individualism a bouquet of flowers is only pretty because there's different flowers if every flower looks the same it it's it's not as beautiful it's something completely different it's when everything's white that one gray spot will stand out and if we start removing all that it 
it removes from our culture, our art, the inventions, the things made. This addiction is hindering our society as in total. Is it that or is it the squeaky wheel gets the grease if you don't stand out? Or if you do stand out, you get noticed and you get in trouble. So you have to hide and what everyone else is doing. Oh, no, it's a dual-edged sword. Definitely the one who sticks their head out gets their head hit. Uh, I can contone for that. I probably got Looney Two lumps on the side of my head, but you have to break the mold to move the world forward. It's hard, but if you can break that addiction of trying to fit like everyone else that you see on social media, and you try to be unique, it's it's that greasy wheel might get the grease, but it might continue. It might be that stubborn little bastard who keeps going, and it's like the train. I think I can. I think I think I can. I think I can eventually you will yeah and i think part of this goes back to uh you remember birth not birth order rite of passage podcast where we talked about tribes and belonging to a tribe and how humans used to live in tribes small people and everyone feels a need to belong you get that from doing stuff like that sharing things you may not necessarily believe in becoming liking certain pages and doing whatever you're sacrificing your self to become part of a whole and like we talked about in rites of passage it's very common for people to prey on people's need to become part of a group as humans we feel safer in a group i mean that's just that's how we survive this far and it's how we're going to keep surviving we need to be part of a group and we'll we'll chase that feeling any way we can whether it be finding a group of friends or finding a group of friends over the internet we need to be part of something that's bigger than ourselves. There's something I want to point out that you said there, which is, I think, a good topping point with social media addiction. You said willing to do things that you normally wouldn't do. And I think that's huge on social media. Uh, how many people dress up a certain way or try to do something or try to rent a car or try to pose a certain feature to make you seem more important or to blend in with the group, do something that you normally wouldn't do, that's got to play a huge part with the social media addiction of changing and doing things that you normally wouldn't do that could be very negative for your mental, physical health, your 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 wallet, a whole number of things. That's, that's something very real to consider. What people are willing to do to have followers have likes to keep that social media addiction going to be part of that drug use yeah and i don't know if you ran across this mike but this is an interesting fact that i didn't know because i kind of just post stuff and leave it uh as evidenced by how many how little likes our social media page gets on backyard philosophy (laughs) on instagram but uh a lot of uh younger women if they they're post doesn't get a certain amount of likes they'll just take it down that's i understand that it's kind of like i understand why that's done but it i don't know it seems to i think it's okay until an extreme you just got to be you got to be careful with that now something i want to mention is i mentioned it earlier with stalking and networking now way way earlier in the podcast i was mentioning about businessmen were not businessmen uh People in some industries need social networking and social media to do their job effectively. It's the 21st century. It's the world we live in. Now, that's a two-edged sword. It could be good to create new businesses, good to 
get new clients, good to spread your brand. But there are points where people use it to, like Nick said earlier, prey on people, to have that social media be used for a negative feature like stalking. And that's a, I would imagine, and I have no evidence to back this up because I didn't think about that until talking about you with you, Nick. I imagine stalking has increased. How many people, I mean, comedians joke about it, social uh, television shows talk about it, of stalking your ex, figuring out who she's dating or who he's dating or what they're up to, or are they happy? Are they sad? Do they miss me? Yada, yada, yada. So I imagine stalking's gone up and there is no way in shape or form that stalking is actually healthy for a human person. Would you concur with that, Nick? I think that's a pretty safe bet. Okay, just make, just making sure I'm not too crazy. So as you feel lonely, because we'll just say a breakup. Say me and Nick are dating, and uh, we break up, and Nick's now sad and depressed because he lost the catch of, catch of his life like me, and he wants to know what I'm up to. Well, rather than going out, meeting new people, trying to improve himself, get in shape, get in... Uh, go to a bar, meet another person, or you know, have friends, or have alone time, their themselves time. He goes on social media and sees what I'm doing, and that's going to create a negative feedback loop of, oh, I'm going to try to one up them, see what I, I see if I can make them jealous, and see and keep stalking them, spending more time on that. That's got to be negative. Am I like I, I don't understand how that's not more prevalent of how much stalking has increased over time because of social media that's a good point also bold of you to assume my breakup routine isn't watching blazing saddles until i'm happy but it's whatever (laughs) all right you got so blazing saddles on the tv and your phone in your hand got it (laughs) um but no yeah I, i i'm sure i mean there's a lot of apps like snapchat you can see where your friends are at just by going on it that's so weird to me you can have your social media apps tell you where people are that's that just seems like invasion of privacy yeah but isn't like having a smartphone an invasion of privacy i mean they're tracking you anyway right uh unless you're unless you add some code like i do and try to hide everything you do with some apps and stuff yes Uh, yes so what difference does it make if your friends see you versus the people who you don't want to see you are already going to watch you whether you like it or not. I guess it's the amount of power you have. You're relinquishing your control to who sees you. Now, granted, if it's a big company that you bought your phone from, you have no control of that. It's a bit out of your hands. But if you have control of it and you willing to give up that information, I feel like that's worse. It's like not having control, like determinism, is more is less scary than having the free will and choice than to make if your friends want to stalk you. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, to me, uh, anytime, like when I have a smartphone on me, I just assume I'm being tracked. So I really don't give a shit if my friends can see where I'm at or whatever. Because, I mean, some someone's already tracking me. Oh, see, I, 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 I disable my all my GPS. I disable my GPS, my tower signal, and I, I, I usually use like a VPN if I use internet source. Well, I want people like to know where I'm at in case I don't come back out of the woods. They can see my last spot I was at. <laughs> so this is where the cougar came from. Got it. Help, help bring back a body. That's all we're after. <laughs> a beautiful body, I might add. With just kidding. Eh, well, I mean, you are on OnlyFans, so. That's right. You can find us on OnlyFans. <laughs> no, 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 no. Don't start that. Don't start that. We won't blow up on Instagram, but somehow we'll blow up on OnlyFans. 
But I want to I want to go back to a more serious point and I I was mentioning with the stalking of simply being alone, simply being bored, simply being with your own thoughts. How powerful that is. Not having something in your pocket, something in your hand that you can kill the boredom, kill the time with. Being bored has benefits. Being alone and truly alone and knowing how to conquer that is enormous is mountain building with your own self we've lost that with social media we have lost that era of aloneness now being alone all the time is not healthy it's it's just the facts but being connected all the time and not having alone time is also not healthy and social media has amplified that to the point where we're never alone how many great inventions poems stories, arts, were made because a person was alone, because they were left with their own thoughts to think. Now social media, that addiction of always wanting to be connected, always want to be part of a tribe, is taking away that individualism, that alone time, that time you take for yourself. Now, instead of after a breakup of getting along, getting some of your friends together, going out for drinks, or simply just meditating, simply just working on yourself, you're now stalking your ex. You're not checking out what other people are doing. You're not trying to compare yourself to other people. You're not comfortable with being alone. Now, you might be the only person in the room, but if you have your phone on you, you're not alone in the room. I would be very curious to see how many people could last and how long they could last if they simply put their phone in another room and try not to touch it for as long as possible. Almost like put it in a safe and see what happens for 30 days with no cell phone. I couldn't couldn't do it because because of my work I'm like on call essentially during especially during fire season and shit's always coming up work wise I I couldn't do it but yeah I could probably do that if just like for social media and stuff I mean you'd have to step in and run the social media side but you you'd do that for me right you'd have to write very detailed instructions of exactly what to do because I this is gonna be an embarrassing story to so how much of a greenhorn slash novice I am on social media. I was once asked to take a picture of a group of people on Snapchat. I never used Snapchat at that point. I was told just touch the screen. I did not realize I had to touch the red part of the screen, which now looking back at it is kind of like a red button ish. And I didn't press that button to take the picture because I didn't know how. So you would have to write very, very detailed instructions on how to operate that, Nick. I'm trying to decide if you or my grandparents are worse at social media. Not social media, just like technology in general. I feel like t- Snapchat's pretty fucking simple. Oh, I'm, I'm, gr- I'm great at technology. I built my own PC. I constantly mess around with circuit boards. Hell, I made my own graphics card using old computer parts. Like, literally wires, 555 timers just a display on a screen the technology part i'm good at it's the social interacting and novices i'm not i am good with machines not people well lucky for you the camera option on snapchat isn't a person i'm not gonna i'm not gonna lie i uh, it's very interesting to me too because this is going back to so, the social media addiction the front-facing camera we when we grew up, Nick was a mistake. Yeah, I agree with that. When we grew up, there was only one camera. There was the camera you point and take a picture, not two cameras going back and forth. Now I struggle with that. I feel like a grandpa constantly because 
sometimes I'll hit the wrong button. I'll have to pull the phone away from my face and look at it, like squinting, like, oh, I got, I hit the wrong key, wrong button sort of thing. But I want to know how much of an influence that had on the addiction of social media, of always having a camera pointed at us. Because I imagine, I, I, I mean, it's fact, when you're observed, your behavior changes. So I wonder how it changes when you just have a camera facing you when you're looking at a phone. I imagine consciously you won't make a decision, but subconsciously when you're staring at your phone going through your Twitter feed and you see a camera in the top right or top left or center looking at you, whether you think about it or not, you feel like you're on camera. And I imagine you act different or you try to do something different than you normally would. I imagine that's got to play a huge part into it. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry, we're all over the board here with social media, everyone. We're we're going to get back to solutions, but I remember uh, growing up when we had, oh, shoot, what do the freak call those? The cameras, we only get like 11 in the camera roll. Not the roll. Yeah, the roll. Like the... Disposable um, cameras? Th- yeah, disposable cameras. And your parents let you take like one picture. Remember that? Yeah, fun fact. I still buy those once in a while because you can turn them into tasers. Don't do that kids oh yeah he definitely does that and it's like pretty fucked up sometimes with the the putting it on the freaking the bathroom door handle oh did i do i forgot i did that to you my bad anyway um yeah what the fuck uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah disposable cameras of choosing when to take a photo versus unlimited photos it's a dual-edged sword of it's great you can take as many photos you want get that perfect picture it's also bad because you you might keep taking picture trying to chase perfection rather than be happy with what you have. Yeah, so I, I think we talked all about a lot of the problems with social media, but I want to talk about how we should handle social media now that we know, I mean, now we know, but we let's just acknowledge we all know it's a problem and just think may, maybe there's something we can do in the future to mitigate the risk. Why don't you start us off, Nick? So... Okay, so this is where I'm torn. Now, obviously, by now you know, not a fan of government regulation. And I think, especially for young kids, I don't think they should get social media, especially, I can say definitively, before the age of, let's say, 14. After 14, it's a little bit more gray. I could see points on both sides. I don't know if it makes sense to be up there with 18 for tobacco, and but it it also does this is my whole argument is like i said mike you went to college in college you could tell those kids who never had alcohol in high school couldn't you oh yes those greenhorns were quite obvious but they could eventually pick it up but when you have no access to social media you're at a huge disadvantage from the people who have had social media before and like we mentioned you can't just not allow social media and so i was trying to think of what would be like the perfect mix of intro to social media for teenagers so that by the time they turn 18 they have they're ready to go they know everything not know everything about social media but have an understanding more so than they do now and that's kind of where i'm at i like we said it's a vice it's addictive i mean no no one is denying that no one's saying social media isn't addictive but so now we figured that out. So now what do we do? I mean, everything else that's addictive is regulated. I think it starts with leading by example. Now, Nick, if I may, I would like to start set a premise of what I would be... Wait a minute, Mike. Are you going to change the culture and not the regulation? Bit of both. Bit of both. Is this a flip? 
bit of both. Are you me? Let's be let's be honest. I always want to change people's habits. I just know humans, unfortunately, really are habit creatures and don't like changing. But I don't think I don't think you should have a smartphone until you have a driver's license. I think it's a good idea and almost to a necessity to have a smartphone when you're driving. Now, it's a dual-edged sword because, you know, texting on your phone, uh, being distracted on your phone while driving, very bad, very real issue. But if you're a 16-year-old and you're a parent wearing, where your 16-year-old who now has a car and now has a, the ability to drive to literally anywhere in their country, you're worried about them. You want to make sure they're safe. You want to make sure you can call them, make sure they can get their way back home. I can see that tool being added into it. And let's be honest, uh, at 16, yes, you're still a kid, but you're old enough. You're mature enough. There are hell in our ancestors' history. The people, kids were going to war at 16. Granted, it's different now and we know better, but you're, I think, old enough. If you're responsible enough to drive a car, you're responsible enough to have a phone. I think a big part is to change the culture of having kids have phones like i i'm not a parent so i don't know how it is but i've seen plenty of parents just literally hand their cell phone over to their child to distract them to keep their kid happy for a short amount of time while they try to do something i'm not saying there's anything wrong with that but i imagine that over time that leads to a bad habit of doing that over and over again so i don't think kids should have access to that because kids are still trying to figure out the world they're still trying to figure out what's going on, who's who, and by 16, you have an idea of the world. Not the real world, but of the world. So, now that we have no kids having social media, now we're looking at teenagers having social media. While they're still teenagers, no no social media after, at the dinner table. Start with simple rules. If you're, at the, if you're at the table eating food, no social media. Well, I mean, I'm guilty of it, of being on my phone while eating. That's, that's a bad habit. I got to quit it. Or something simple like no social media in the bedroom. You got to leave your phone plugged in outside your bedroom before you go to bed. Something simple like that, something easy. So that way it might avoid the process of staying up all night on your cell phone because you're in bed laying down, you're comfortable. But if you're in the living room, it might be easier to recognize that, oh, it's dark outside because I can look outside the windows, that I plug in my phone and I go to bed. That might fix the sleeping issue. Now when we get a little bit older... With the social media, I would love to see phone companies, not social media companies, the phone companies have timers on their phone. So if you're, say, 16 or 17 still, a parent could set a timer of, hey, only four hours on email today because of school or something like that, or one hour on Instagram or something like that. And then when you get older, Instead of having a time limit because you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. Maybe the smart, maybe the phone companies that make those smartphones have notifications. Like we've all had Netflix or YouTube going. Are you still watching this? Are you still awake? Maybe have that with social media. Be like, hey, you've been watching. Like, say, say you're on TikTok for two hours, and then all of a well, not that two hours is a long time. Let's say thirty minutes, and all of a sudden a notification comes up on your phone. Like, like you know, like health, like. The health bar says, hey, you didn't take enough steps today. You should move around a little bit. Maybe the same thing with social media of, hey, you've been on this app for 30 minutes. You sure you don't want to take a break? Because it's the social media companies will always try to get your influence. They're always going to try to keep you more addicted. 
with the smartphone companies, they already you already bought that smartphone. You already own that smartphone. They're not trying to win you over anymore. So they could have a huge influence. And if, say, a college student gets a new phone, I imagine maybe their parents help out and their parents see, hey, maybe this will set a this company uses timers or notifications of, hey, you've been on media for a long time. Do you want to take a break? That might encourage the families to buy that phone, uh, that phone more, which might break that bad habit of having a time, having an idea of what's going on. You're not getting sucked into that wormhole like a casino of just pulling that slot arm going again and again and again, getting that dopamine fix in your brain. Now, when it gets to older parts, maybe make it more influential to have certain business apps. So the one that comes to mind is LinkedIn. LinkedIn's not the most tech-savvy social media process, but maybe move around, move away from social and popular apps for in the business world to their own section. So adults, instead of being addicted to social media of like Facebook, like the grandkids, what are the grandkids doing for adults? You just have a photo collage, just solely photos. And I, that's a huge influence, a huge business influence, I think, to be made of social media companies that are just dedicated to one thing. Because let's be honest, Facebook is not just one thing. It's Facebook groups, Facebook Marketplace, Facebook Live, uh, sending photos, sending pictures. There's all these different things. If we make the social media apps more one-dimensional and really good at it, being perfectionist, instead of being a jack-of-all-trade, being a specialist, I feel like that would be beneficial on all parties. Now, I've been rambling on a little bit, and I imagine Nick wants to get his piece in, so... Yeah, um, okay, so <laughs> first, I think, like we talked about, or like you like you mentioned, I think the core of it is getting back to what social media was invented for. Like, the people who made social media wanted to bring people together. It's like social media. Like that's, that's what it fucking means, right? And sharing pictures of your family, that's kind of what... That's like a neutral ground. Like, no one is upset when someone shared i mean that's not true people are upset if you share pictures of your family sometimes but for the most part that's why people are on social media they want to see you i mean i might be looking at this a little more like family friend centric i want to see what's actually going on in people's lives i want to see my friends kids i want to see how my cousins are doing i don't really give a shit if so and so voted for whoever like on facebook like that's not what do you use Facebook for? I use Facebook to keep up with everyone and see how they're doing and to look at pictures of fish, which is mostly what a lot of my social media is. And I don't think the people who made the social medias would disagree that using using the social media to look at pictures of families would be, I, I feel like everyone could be behind that. I do like the idea you said of the smartphone or smartphone companies controlling how much time you spend. I know most social medias have a timer. You can say only allow me 40 minutes a day and then it'll after those 40 minutes or whatever time you set, it'll pop up a message saying you've reached your whatever. Would you like to continue or no? And then most people say no because they don't want to be guilted into continuing or just like knowing they went over their time limit. Social media is a business. They're going to try to get your attention for as long as possible and keep you as on as long as possible. So if that responsibility of how long you're spending on it is not dedicated by the social media app, but the smartphone, the, the device that is con using the social media app, I think that takes a huge toll off the social media companies. It influences 
positively those smartphones and it really helps the consumers and it's it's something very simple like you just said like you just said like you don't want to be disappointed in yourself of hey you've been on this for an hour are you okay do you want to continue that's gotta turn off a lot of people off mindlessly scrolling like a zombie through social media and being addicted to it that might prevent addiction from forming maybe yeah i mean that's what just a little coercion not even coercion just a reminder like you said you can easily get lost and that's the design like i really do like the casino analogy i myself have gotten lost in the casino i came out with more than i came in obviously but it's happened i i also really think it'd be beneficial to have social media not be so generalized like with tiktok there's all sorts of videos there's i mean it's jack of all trades but if you have social media that's more dedicated to doing one thing and doing one thing well i think that i think that benefits like take spotify i would say spotify is social media you can share songs you can follow people you can share but because they're only focusing on doing one thing one thing well which is media and not media uh music and audio we don't have a problem with that it because they're kind of doing it right they're not trying to get all those likes notifications they're not trying to buy your time i also think is a huge part of the social media aspect addiction world is free versus pay for a subscription i i don't have the numbers for that but that's got to be a huge huge influence of oh this is free i can just download this or hey this is this is 10 bucks a month do i really want this yeah as soon as i have to pay for facebook it's it's gone exactly so i mean i i rather i'd rather have one company extremely skilled at something than multiple companies eh on multiple things i might be asking for too much and granted i'm not in the social media world but who knows but i think it all starts with kids i think it all starts with setting example with ourselves so the next generation the kids and the grandkids and the future generations have an example to look after they have something to follow they they see how it should be done and it all starts with us now granted me and nick are probably not the best blind sheep to follow like nick said in the beginning blind leading the blind and it's I believe the term you're looking for is luddites no we are i'm not a luddite i like technology no. i just don't like social media social media luddites then yes we should go up with our own word nerds i don't know <laughs> not 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 too wrong with that but nick i'm curious do you have any more ideas because i my in my ramble i kind of kind of did a hail mary of my ideal situation no I, I pretty much agree i think just like any problem the biggest issue is recognizing it i mean no one wants it's this problem we all have but no one wants to admit i mean like i said i'm guilty of it too after doing all the research for this podcast i really made a concerted effort to not use social media as much and uh, it's actually pretty easy. It really involved replacing my phone with a book or a magazine. And luckily, I have a lot of books and a lot of magazines, predominantly about fishing and trees, but whatever gets you through it. But it is important too. like I follow six professional, some prof- local professional organizations. And like it's for my volunteer fire department. I get most of my updates through them through email, but predominantly through social media. So 
pretty much the only reason I still have Facebook is to get those updates. And it's so it's not something that's ever going to go away. And like so many things we talk about, it's not good or bad. It's dependent on the user. You know, like a lightsaber in the hands of Obi-Wan may be good, but put it in the hands of Darth Maul and it's bad. The lightsaber is an inanimate is an inanimate object. But whoever chooses to use it is good or bad. And just like a lot of things in life, it is an inanimate object. It can be good or bad depending on who's using it. Granted, social media has a lot of negative aspects to it, but I think we need to put more confidence in our own decision-making. You know, we can't just blame social media for these things. Some part of us needs to say, okay, I know this is bad. I keep doing it. It, it is partly my fault. I don't know. It's just... I feel like so much of this is easy to just push off and say, well, it's social media. We're all addicted to it. Okay, Mike, I got one more thing I wanted to bring up. Did you watch The Social Dilemma? I did. Okay, I did as well. Do you have any thoughts on it? Not more than we already talked about. The only really thing I thought was quite interesting was coming from a software developer perspective of how many of those software engineers and coders took psychology classes at university like Stanford's and stuff like that of how to manipulate human beings. That was the most interesting point to me. I'll give you two guesses to guess what part of that documentary I fixated on. Uh, I don't think there were any trees uh, in that. What? That's where you're wrong. What, 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 something with nature. I wanted to dispute something that they said on there about trees. Okay. I don't quite remember what it is. Please, please inform me. All right. So I will, I'll, I'll expand. Social media, social dilemma, huge thing on, it's on Netflix, right? Something. Anyway, I watched it, finished it for this podcast because everyone on my social media was talking about it. So I figured it'd probably be something to listen to. At the very end, the guy who invented the like button, this big social media dude said, um, it's terrible that as a society, we value dead trees more than alive trees. And first off, I don't like being lectured to by someone who invented social media. Second off, I just changed the quote to say, we value Cheerios more than we value an open field of, or an open field of cereals or wheat. What the fuck does that even mean? Like, we all buy fucking... Okay, so the quote... I, I don't really understand. This basically just goes to say he was trying to say that our society is fucked by saying that we value a dead tree more than a live tree, meaning that we pay to cut down trees. I, I see. I, I don't. I drew something very different from that quote than you did. Okay. What'd you, what'd you draw from that quote? That we're a consumer based marketplace that we don't like things how they are. We don't like individualism. We like conformity. So we turn that individual tree that one that roots run deep into boards that we can all have and copycat each other so we want to turn something beautiful into a consumer product even though it's fine by itself okay i understand what you're saying but then he went and talked about deforestation which i thought was weird maybe i just didn't understand the quote but to me it seemed like a very out of place but maybe because i art art's in the eye of beholder so it, it that's true it's very. It could be very different things. It could be both meanings. Who knows? Who, who with the who? The world is a 
interesting place we're both individuals and luckily we're not trying to conform because we don't have social media to be other people we're both our unique snowflakes that's true i do want on record though i don't like if if he was trying to lecture me i don't appreciate being lectured to by someone who invented social media anyway mike what are you reading i am still reading abundance by peter diamonds and even though it's nearly a decade old It's still quite relevant for a technology book, and I deeply appreciate it. I'm still learning, even though the technology, sorry, not not technology, the information is more, is closer to a decade of age. What about you, Nick? What are you reading? Well, uh, that just reminds me, I'm glad I'm no longer reading a textbook about artificial intelligence. I am (laughs) currently reading uh, The Northwest Passage by Kenneth Roberts. Very good. And it, yeah. It's a book about an aspiring artist. He spent time in Robert's Rangers. Now he's going to London. And it's basically the only time I've ever read a book about an artist and said, oh, I could get along with that guy. You need to expand your art world, my friend. Actual painting artist. You need to expand your art world, my friend. <laughs> There's like one or two guys, and I have their work, but it involves you would like josephine baker that's uh, who's that i'm a big fan of uh matt rendar battle tribe it mixes star wars and military together again uh we were kind of all over the board but social media addiction is a real thing and one thing i want to add mike is we talk about we talked about cyberbullying and people being shitbags to each other all it takes is one person to be nice to each other just think of uh was a scene from Billy Madison where he apologized to the guy he bullied and then the guy he bullied shot the other guy. And he goes, I'm glad I called that guy. But really just like be excellent to each other. I mean, if one, we all know those kids in school who don't quite fit in, it doesn't take any extra effort to just not be mean to them. I mean, fuck, just be a nice guy. Like, it's not that hard. As this podcast comes to an end, I want to say if you or any of your loved ones, or anyone you know, might be showing signs, or you think you might have signs of social media addiction, there are many, many tools to help. All you have to do is ask. There are tons of clinics. There are tons of free cell, uh, free phone numbers you can call. There is help if you have an addiction, and it, it never hurts to ask for help. It takes more courage to ask for help than it not to, and Social media addiction is a serious addiction, and it's affecting more and more people every single day. So I truly implore everyone, if you or one of your loved ones might have an addiction or you need help, reach out. There are plenty of tools. You can do it. You're a human being. You are amazing, and you can get through it. 